sports, politics, life. The Bluemont Hotel in Manhattan presents Kevin Keatsman Has Issues. Online reservations at BluemontHotel.com. Sometimes it's difficult to judge how much is too much, and one particular topic that pops up from time to time on KKHI and elsewhere in media that you likely consume is media itself. And I don't ever want to overdo that. I do get a lot of positive response and feedback from many of you that you like some of my takes or insights into not just like local media, but how journalism works, things that have happened, the observations that I've made over my nearly 40-year career now in journalism and media. I'll be honest with you. There are times that it pops up when I'm consuming and it drives me crazy. And I'm like, oh God, that's just so simple. My main the main culprit to me is Sean Hannity. He just, oh, the mainstream media, the management, and he just rattles off his little point, and there's never any depth. There's never any reason or finality to his point. He doesn't summarize it and say, okay, this is what it's all about. So I try to do that, and I'm going to lead with that today because I, I really got upset yesterday, and I rarely get upset with media because it's so disappointing on a daily basis to watch how journalism and media work in this country. We mentioned a week ago on the podcast that only 3.4% of journalists in America are registered Republicans. That used to be about 27%, almost 30% uh, 50 years ago. It's changed. It's changed dramatically. It's changed for the worse. And we can see the negative effects on the United States of America. Anybody can see the negative effects on our country. Our position in the world is not what it was decades ago. It is not. It can't be, that can't be argued. That's, that's inarguable. The media are complicit in this. There's no question they're a big part of this. And something occurred on Tuesday that absolutely drove me crazy. And it's one of those things that on, on a certain day, I might have seen it. And I might have just let it roll off my back and said, well, that's them being them. But this one is too important. And I've said when it comes to the border that there are days I bury my head in the sand and I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear people complaining about the media and I don't want to hear people complaining about the border because it's, it feels like there is nothing we can do about it. But Tuesday was the worst. And it was something as simple as a post on X that I saw that brought two stories that happened on the same day together. Corrine Jean-Pierre took the podium at the White House and said Joe Biden is doing all he can at the southern border, but Republicans are standing in his way. Okay, that in an, I could take that most days and just roll with it and let it go and understand that the people in that room that cover the White House and the stuff that she spews and what she says is all just crap, and we could just say she's an idiot, she's a liar, this is a fraud, whatever. At the very same time, Corrine Jean-Pierre, official statement for the President of the United States is he's doing all he can and the Republicans are standing in his way at the border. The Biden administration is petitioning the Supreme Court to issue a ruling that would allow the Biden administration to go to the Texas-Mexico border and cut all the razor wire that the state of Texas has put up. They want to tear it down. Right now, the courts are preventing Biden from tearing it down. And so they've gone to the Supreme Court and said, hey, we're the federal government. We have the right to go into Texas and tear down all this wire and all this fencing that Texas has put up because it's keeping people out. It's working. And Joe Biden doesn't like that it's working. These stories happened simultaneously. The press secretary at the White House says Biden is doing all he can to fix the border problem, but the Republicans are in the way. And at the same time, Biden and Mayorkas are trying to get the Supreme Court to allow them to cut down all this razor wire so they can let more people in. Now, this one drove me absolutely crazy because there has to be a way to solve this in this country. And I'm not the only one that gets really wound up about this. Out on the campaign trail, we're very close to the Iowa caucuses coming up a week from Monday. Vivek Ramaswamy was campaigning, and they were asking him about, uh, I, I don't know, black-on-black -black crime came up, and then the Smollett hoax came up, and he went on a rant, and he said, listen, we're not focusing on the right things, and it's you guys in the media that have this wrong, because as soon as something 
is is proven as a hoax. You just ignore it. Nobody ever apologizes. There were never any corrections made. The media is complicit in all this. You will jump on any story and say, oh, yeah, this person says this, so it's fact, and just portray it as fact, and then never, ever, ever apologize for it. And I'll play a little clip here because as he was finishing up and he, he basically said one more thing, he said, we're going to have a big Iowa caucus. We're going to do better than people think, Ramaswamy. We, every politician says this, right? But then he really got strong on this. And I loved what he had to say to the media, to their faces. This is a gaggle of reporters walking around Vivek Ramaswamy. And he puts it in very plain terms to them. And this isn't demeaning. This isn't you know, Trump standing up there. I understand why they all got mad at Trump. Fake news, you're fake news, you're fake news. I would be offended by that too. Somebody just shouting those types of things at me. When Ramaswamy explains it this way, can it possibly sink in? Give this a listen. I want to have a conversation because the historical pattern with the media is lie, lie, lie again. When proven to have lied, hide from accountability. From the Hunter Biden laptop story to the origin of COVID to the Trump-Russia collusion hoax that never was. I'm still waiting for one honest anchor in the mainstream media to just look their own audience in the eye and say, hey, I apologize. We lied to you, we got it wrong, and we'll never have this happen again. I challenge your guy, Alex, who likes to write, you know, I would say clickbaity headlines to say at least you're from a new generation of leadership. Go ahead and step up and maybe you can do it. Or maybe, Catherine, I'd bet on you sooner to do it. But somebody needs to actually, from the next generation, heal that divide of trust between the media and the people I'll look forward to having that conversation with the media with what happens on January 15th. It'll be a surprise. I'll try to sweep it under the rug, try to minimize the importance of Iowa and try to do, set the same narrative they have been. And I think that we need to use every occasion we have to at least rebuild trust with the American public to say, here's the narrative we've set. Here's where we were proven wrong. And here's where we own accountability. That's what I would say. So there's Vivek with truer words that have never been spoken. And it was right to their faces, and it's essentially to the cameras and the microphones, it was to their bosses, that we see you. We know what you're doing. There's never apologies. This is always on the left. Folks, this is always on the left. There are not a lot of calls for outlets on the right to you know, say, hey, the border really is closed. Stop reporting that it's open, and these record numbers are coming in. Stop that. Stop reporting that black-on-black -black crime is higher than white-on-black crime that there really isn't a, a, a race problem in this country, that the this, this statistics don't back this up. To, to, to stop reporting that George Floyd was going to die either way, that he was filled with fentanyl and he was a drug addict. Stop. We don't hear those cries. They just want those things to go away. And they eventually do because 90% of all media and outlets just ignore them until they're no longer interesting for most people or most people never even see them. So Vivek makes a great point here. And you know, I've been given this a lot of thought over the last year or more. I didn't think about this much throughout my career. But the more I think about it, and I think about all the things I did starting in college as, a, as an FM DJ, we had this logbook. And at the top of every hour, I had to say, you're listening to 88.1 KSDB, Manhattan, Kansas, Manhattan, Topeka. Then I would have to write down in the logbook that I did a legal ID for the FCC, and I would have to initial it that I was the person at the board that made sure once an hour that the station is legally identified to everyone listening so they know what it is. We had rules and regulations about emergency alert system. We'd have to send out a tone. This is from the emergency alert. It's only a test. You remember those, right? Those still happen. The FCC requires those of broadcast facilities. You can't curse or you get fined. You can't be drunk or you get fined. You can't show nudity if you're on television. There are standards. There are all kinds of rules and regulations in broadcasting that you can't even imagine. And then there's none on the internet and none on social media. And now these AI things are popping up everywhere. You're seeing them. You're seeing things that uh, there was a Bill Clinton one that popped up yesterday where he's sitting there admitting to all these nefarious things he did on Epstein's Island. What well, was completely fake. Somebody made it on AI, it, hits, it goes out there, and more people see that than we'll see network television news or the New York Times or any of these outlets. And it goes everywhere, and it's fake. It's just wrong. I am not a big government guy, I am, but I, do, I believe strongly in this. We must have rules and regulation 
in our media. It's like we have rules and regulations for lawyers in the courtroom. We have rules, regulations, and laws for doctors and the way they treat you. In every industry that is really important and can affect your life, and in some ways be life or death, we have rules and regulations. This is all part of a civilized society. We don't really complain that there are, there are laws, rules, and regulations for lawyers or doctors or a lot of other professions, do we? We don't really spend a lot of time on that. We, Of course, we all think we're overregulated and that there's too many rules. Most of those regulations that you and I have problems with are those that just handcuff business or individual freedoms. We don't like those. Is it art? When you, you know, punch into a chat GPT, Bill Clinton making up lies about Epstein's Island, and then you just post it everywhere, is that art? Or is that just a computer generating something that's kind of funny and people laugh at and look at, but perhaps thousands or millions of people get confused and think it's real? And what is the damage on a society when people begin to see things they think is real that aren't? So AI is bringing this to the forefront. And now everybody's having this discussion because the Democrats are scared. They're scared that the Republicans are going to do all this AI stuff and have all these memes out there and make them look bad with lies, with falsehoods. And my response to that is, the Democrats have been doing this for 40 years or longer and getting away with it. It just hasn't been AI. And it was only the the very tip beginning of social media that they manipulated. Elon Musk purchasing Twitter, turning it into X, has been a very big deal, as it turns out, because there's some fairness there. There's some equality. It's not slanted right. It's close to 50-50. It's a pretty good public square for people to go and see what's going on in the world. It's a lot more honest than network television, big newspapers, or corporate media. And so as the Democrats are panicked about AI or Elon Musk owning Twitter or these other things, you know why that is, because of what they've been doing. And as we saw Karine Jean-Pierre stand at that podium yesterday and lie to the American public that Biden is doing all he can and the Republicans are standing in the way, at the same time, Biden is at the Supreme Court trying to stop Republicans from putting up razor wire, or more importantly, wanting to tear it down and needing permission to tear it down, You're just being peddled one big scoop full of horse manure. A shovel full. And I got angry. And I think it's really as simple as this. I think if you are a media outlet, it's going to be really hard to stop some dude in his basement making little AI things and putting memes up of Bill Clinton. That's going to be hard to do. I think we need to have a registry for media outlets. It's it's no different than hospitals have to register or lawyers have to be part of the bar association, whatever. I think journalism, I think media should have a national registry. Not not local. You register nationally. KKHI, Crooked Tail Media, I'll apply right away. Charge me $75 a year to be part of the registry. And then they can monitor what it is that I do. And if I just sit here and lie every day or report things that are factually incorrect, and we have know this about celebrities, celebrities, people that are famous, you can't really sue when somebody lies about you. When they make up stories, like you can't really, you can sue, but you don't win. You never win these things. Like I could just sit here and say, Biden's a pedophile You know, I know a dude whose daughter was molested by Biden 23 years ago. I could make up all kinds of stuff, and many of you would believe it. Many of you would believe it, and you'd have every reason to. I hope that I've built the trust and faith with this audience that if I report something or say it, that you believe me. Many of you would believe it. And if I reported it, it would probably go national, and KKHI would become a household name. I could do that. I could make something up like Jesse Smollett and do that. Now, When Jesse Smollett does it, it's a crime. He winds up getting a light jail sentence, but whatever. He's been through hell. His career's changed. He lied. It was a total scam. When the media do exactly what Jesse Smollett did, and there's no difference, 
Robin Roberts sat right down there with him and said, oh, I'm with you. I'm down with the cause here. Robin Roberts, ABC News, was all in on Jussie Smollett. They were all in. This is fact. We've got that. They just report it, report it. They did more than Jussie Smollett. And then when it's proven false and a complete lie, nothing happens to ABC News. That has to end. If we can get to a place, and, and the dangerous slope here is, who decides what's real, what's true, what's that, whatever. This is a little bit like replay in sports. Replay doesn't get everything. But I've always said this, put replay in sports, and if it just changes one bad call, that changes one outcome of one game for the better, then replay did its job. It doesn't have to be perfect. And I'm not suggesting that this national registration for media companies would be perfect. It would be far from that. But there would be a massive fine and an apology or a correction from ABC News about their Jussie Smollett coverage. And when these things happen, the Russia hoax, Donald Trump peeing on a bed Obama slept in, all of these things you saw, the 50 dudes that signed the letter, you know, that Trump was dangerous, the CIA intel people, the, the, the fake raid on, was it Roger Stone's house? that CNN was there live when the FBI raided his house. When these things happen, and you see the media complicit in these stories, and then maybe the CNN one isn't a perfect example because that story actually did happen. They reported something that was true. But when this happens, and you have massive fines, and all of a sudden you have to start doing corrections or apologies, it will slow these things down dramatically. Now, you can't imagine what massive fines, and even worse... And I'd set the guidelines at, it needs to be a three-minute apology. It's not a 10-second read. We'll, we'll decide what your fine is and how long your apology is. You'll dedicate three minutes of Good Morning America with Robin Roberts on the air admitting, I was wrong. I got wrapped up in the story. I got emotional. I believed him. We reported as a news organization this was all true when we didn't know whether it was true or not. And make her go on and on for three minutes. And let that go viral. Because the way to stop this, the real way to stop this is hesitance. And it took me a long time. When I was in my 20s, man, I was full of piss and vinegar. There wasn't a story. I wanted to do every story today. And as I'm older now, I'm way more reluctant to go do a story. I hear something, I do something, I follow up on it, whatever. I'm way more reluctant. I just, at this point, I don't want to be wrong. I don't want to get hammered for being wrong. You know, all these other things. When I was younger, I had to have bosses, editors slow me down. I was like, no, let's go with this. Let's run with this. I've got this. This guy told me this. Let's go. They'd be like, hang in there now. He could be duping you. This could be a lie. Have you double sourced it? Do we have another person saying this? No, not yet. Then we're not running it. Like Jussie Smollett's word wasn't enough. Do we have somebody else to verify this? Who else is on board with this? Well, that seemed hard to find in something like that. Corrine Jean-Pierre says it's the Republicans' fault. How can any media outlet report that and get away with it and not have to run a correction? The correction yesterday would have been simple. Earlier today, we ran a report of Corrine Jean-Pierre saying Joe Biden is doing all he can at the southern border and Republicans are standing in the way. When in fact, an hour later, we learned that Joe Biden was at the Supreme Court trying to get them to allow him to tear down Republican barriers at the border. That's it. Just report it that way. D don't give me Corrine Jean-Pierre and not mention what Biden is actually doing. There has to be a fairness. There needs to be some regulation. I'm going to send some emails. I don't know where this will go with our senators here, whether it's Roger Marshall or Josh Hawley, who are real go-getters, or Eric Schmidt. I don't know, but the, and I know these people are just like me. They are strongly against more government and more regulation, strongly. But this isn't that. This is not, this is not job-killing regulation. This isn't business-squashing regulation. This is important for the American public. It is important. In fact, it's critical that media outlets that people consume be honest. That's all. They can all be leftists, but they got to be honest. You can't lie about these stories. And Vivek makes an excellent point there. And I, 
This all kind of came together in one day. Also, yesterday, there was a report on KCUR Radio. This is another one of these things that drives me crazy. This is public broadcasting. This is your tax dollars. KCUR Radio in Kansas City is the local public radio station, NPR, the whole thing. This drives me crazy. Their big story yesterday to start the new year was how 2023 was a banner year for tourism abortion in Kansas. That Kansas has become a state where people from Missouri and other nearby states come to get their abortion. And they're peddling this. And the reason they're doing that locally at KCUR is NPR affiliates around the country will pick it up. They will broadcast it all over the country. And they will let the whole country know that Kansas is a tourism hotspot if you want to abort your baby. Now, the story itself was not a lie and it wasn't fake. But my God, should our tax dollars really be going for that? Can we not regulate public? Let's do a trial run with public broadcasting before we go to private broadcasting. Let's take government regulation and say, if you want this money to keep coming to public television and public radio, we're going to regulate what it is that you do with fairness. We're going to have equality and fairness on public broadcasting. And for God's sake, if Josh Hawley and Roger Marshall and Schmidt and these guys can't get this figured out of how they're going to take everybody's tax dollars and just give it to the left and let them do whatever they want with public broadcasting, if we can't find a way to regulate that and make it equal and fair, I give up. Maybe put Elon Musk, you know, if, if Trump wins, maybe Elon Musk could be on the board of the FCC or make him FCC chair in addition to whatever he does. He seems to have a pretty good handle on fairness and equality. Let's do a trial run there. Let's fix public broadcasting first and say, if this works, if these regulations work here, we'll apply them everywhere. I am not talking about squashing free speech, folks. And I know this is a slippery slope. And I'm not saying it would be easy or perfect. But if the net just catches half the fish, America's a better place. KKHI is brought to you by our friends at bstock.net. Happy New Year for KKHI listeners. How about this Lenovo ThinkPad 1510 for just $399. That's for KKHI listeners only. Samsung CU7000 85-inch LED LCD smart TV 4K, just $799 plus free delivery in the metro area. It's over $900 at Best Buy, and you don't get the delivery. That is a great, great deal. We also want to talk about the LG 65-inch smart TV. This one's crazy. A 65-inch smart TV from LG, just $349. You can't afford not to upgrade this year. Get it for the big game. We're just a little over a month away from, well, the big game in Vegas. And it could be your Kansas City Mahomes out there doing their thing. So why not check it all out? There's also an additional $50 discount for all Apple MacBooks in stock, and they have a bunch. Apple MacBooks and MacBook Pros, now an additional $50 off at bstock.net, 14680 South Flaming Road. The Finch Knife Company, we sent Finch Pocket Knives out as gifts to many people that are sponsors or friends or whatever with a KKHI logo on the blade and on the other side, a football logo. It was really cool. They were well-received. These are incredible gifts. I cannot more strongly recommend working with Spencer and Steve out at Finch Knife Co. For your clients, your best customers, whomever they might be, your employees. I've had a couple people email and say, hey, I was thinking about doing this for my employees and I didn't do it. Great. There's other times during the year other than the holidays you can do things for your employees. You have corporate retreats. You have outings. You have seminars. Maybe next time you're doing one of these seminars, everybody's stuck in a boardroom for a day and a half. In these boring meetings, hand them a little gift. These are not that expensive. They are customized with logos. You can personalize them for individual people. Finchknifeco.com. All the information you need on all the different series of knives. And the phone number is there too if you'd like to call them and say, listen, we'd like to make a bunch of these. We've got a project. We want to you know, make two dozen or, or 200 or 2,000 of these knives. Finchknifeco.com can get it done for you. Ron Buck and his team at Buck Roofing probably ought to take a look at your roof some point this spring. You know, the calendar turns. I know winter just started a couple weeks ago. When the calendar turns, I start thinking spring, man. Once the holidays are over, I'm already thinking about warmer weather, green grass, daylight savings time, golf, the whole deal. So make that appointment. Maybe it, 
maybe it's next month that Ron Buck and his team come out and look at your roof. But you probably ought to have your roof inspected. If you've been in your house 10 years or longer, you shouldn't climb up there. Call Ron Buck and his team at Buck Roofing, 913-384-2680, online at rbuckroofing.com. You'll sleep well knowing Buck Roofing fixed the roof over your head. Sean Hannity from Fox News has announced that he is gonzo. He's moving to Florida. He's staying on radio and TV, but he's going the Rush Limbaugh route. He's going to work from his home in West Palm Beach. They're all right there in one place. All your conservatives are right there in West Palm. You got Trump. You got Hannity. We had Rush Limbaugh. You got Tiger Woods. You got them all. They're all right there. Several NFL owners, big time, really rich folks living there in the West Palm Beach area. It's a haven for conservatives. And Sean Hannity announced on his show Tuesday night that he was broadcasting from his new studio in his home in Florida. He has left New York for good. They have said goodbye. It started last night. He is no longer paying New York taxes. He's done. I'm out. He said, I like living in a state where the politicians are like-minded and they do the things that I like. But let's be honest. When you have the kind of money that Sean Hannity has, it doesn't really matter what the politicians do which is why so many really rich people have moved left and supported leftist candidates because the politicians can't affect or hurt them. They're untouchable. When you have billions of dollars, or in Hannity's case, tens of millions, probably into the hundreds of millions at this point, if you have hundreds of millions of dollars, what politicians do doesn't really affect your life. You live in a different sphere than the other 330 million of us. You just do. And those things don't matter as much. And that's where Hannity is. So he can say it's about the politicians. That's fine. I, I think he likes that. I'm sure he likes being around more conservatives. He likes being represented by them. That's all good. But let's be honest. He moved there for money, and he did the right thing. I applaud him. I pat him on the back. Sean Hannity, no doubt, no doubt, did the right thing. He's moved to Florida for good. Claudine Gay is out at Harvard. We did a patron podcast on this Tuesday. All of my thoughts are on the patron podcast. If you'd like to join as a patron, kkhasissues.com is the website kkhasissues.com, and you can sign up and hear the full podcast there. We also talked about Dan Campbell, the Lions coach, admitting what he did that tried to trick the Dallas Cowboys in the game the other day and how it affected the officiating. But after watching Claudine Gay step down as Harvard president and realizing she got to keep her job, which not her job as president, her job on staff, they're keeping her salary at $900,000 a year. Well, there's a tough decision. I got to step down, but I keep making 900000 So she stepped down. So once again, fraud on the left. She should be disgraced. She's a plagiarist. She's a Jew hater. She's an anti-Semite. And she's embarrassed Harvard. And in her resignation letter, there were zero apologies to anyone she plagiarized. There were zero apologies to the students or Harvard grads. There were zero apologies anywhere. It was completely self-absorbed. And a dude on Twitter puts this up. No apologies, no anything here of any substance. But in her letter, she used the word I 17 times. She used the word me seven times. She said my, M-Y, 11 times. And she said myself once. That's 46 times in one letter she referenced herself. And at no point did she apologize really to anyone, especially those she plagiarized and ripped off. That's pretty cool. I would never have counted those in that letter. But when you see that on Twitter, I'm like, I think I'll mention this on the podcast. So I'm not plagiarizing. I saw that on X. I did not do that research, but that's pretty remarkable. A letter where you reference yourself 46 times tells you everything you need to know about liberals Everything you need to know about the Ivy League elite, everything you need to know about academia is all right there in one letter, and it was glorious. A couple of local stories in Kansas City. Twin Peaks, there are three Twin Peaks restaurants in Kansas City, and one in Wichita owned by the same group. I like Twin Peaks. I've been in there four or five times. The beer is ice cold. They say it's the coldest beer anywhere. It is really cold beer. It is really cold beer. The girls obviously are very pretty, and the food is good. It's, I mean, I shouldn't be picking sides or doing this. It's like 10 times better than Hooters, right? So it's just, it's that place. It's mostly for younger guys, 20-somethings, 30-somethings go in there and they stare at the women and they drink their beers 
and they have their long lunches, and it's good. It works. Twin Peaks is good. It's very well run. There's nothing not good about Twin Peaks, but they've been in the news the last couple of weeks because they sent a memo out to their waitresses that beginning January 1, we're going to hold back the credit card fee out of your tips. So if I tip a dollar to a waitress and American Express charges 3.25% service fee to use that card, let's change this. If I tip $100, Twin Peaks is going to keep $3.25. That's the credit card fee because they essentially are paying it before they pay out the women. Now, they're right. They're correct. And they've been absorbing that for years. And now they say, well, it's just getting too expensive. The cost of everything is up. We don't want to gash our customers, whatever. We've been, basically, when you got a $100 tip, you were getting $103 as the, as the waitress because the company was paying 3.25% of it. The company was paying you $3.25 because they had to go send that off to American Express. See how that works? So it's been an uproar the last couple of weeks that, oh my God, they're doing this. Now they're following up on the story. Twin Peaks isn't changing its policy. And I'm not saying they should, to be quite honest. I think it sounds fair to me. If you're anybody who's running a business that takes payment via credit cards knows they have to pay a fee. So waitresses are independent contractors. And if they're taking their money, their fees through credit cards, same as they would on OnlyFans or running a business or whatever, you got to pay the credit card fee. This seems right to me. Now, you may want to say they shouldn't do this on principle and they shouldn't start this, but it's all run through their accounting anyway. And very few people tip with cash anymore. If I tip the lady $100 cash, she gets it all. She doesn't have to pay any of it. If I tip her $100 on a credit card, she has to give $3.25 back to the company to pay American Express. So she's only getting a $96.75 tip. Ironically, two weeks into this investigation by local media, and I read this up at Fox 4, which was a very fair story. They went and talked to the ladies there, and half of them said, we get it. That's fair. That's right. We're with them, and they treat us great here. There were literally employees that said they treat us great here. I get their side. I agree with them, and I don't mind paying it. That's um, unbelievable. Fairness, equality, and journalism. Fox 4 actually went out and got two sides to the story. Some of the girls are unhappy, and some are like, hey, man, they treat me great here. That little fee, I'll pay that because the tippers come in here and drink these cold beers. They overtip me all the time. Can you... These are probably the most over-tipped servers in Kansas City, percentage-wise. And study after study after study shows that any dude will spend way more on his card than he will with cash. If you literally put your cards in a drawer for a month and walk around and pay for everything you do every day with cash, you won't believe how much less you spend. There's a psychology to spending. And when you're handing cold cash to somebody, it's totally different than swiping it on a card, especially after a couple of beers. Everybody knows this. I think a lot of the ladies at Twins Peak, Twin Peaks know that. So we'll see what happens as they go. But I thought it was great. Some of the employees said, hey, listen, they take great care of us. We're on board with this. I'm, I'm doing great here. And a lot of these ladies have like real jobs, professional jobs. They come in and work one or two nights a week or something or pick up a Saturday and make big money on Saturday with cash tips, and they love it. They just love it. Kansas City International is in the news locally again, our new airport. They are considering guest passes at KCI as early as this summer, which means you don't have to have a ticket to go to the airport. This would be mostly for people wanting to pick somebody up at the gate or whatever, but KCI says we've got all this art in our airport. We should be doing art tours. We've got two barbecue restaurants that many of our local citizens haven't had a chance to taste, and maybe they like to come have lunch here at the airport. And so they want to open it up for tours. Now, they'll have a different gate for the public where you come through, but it'll be the same thing. They'll have security. You'll have to go through security, make sure you're not a terrorist, right? Or you're bringing something in. Then you can just wander around the airport, eat, drink, do whatever you want. Now, that's the last thing I'd ever do is go to an airport to hang out. But apparently, in some cities, this is working for the airports. And what they're finding, and we're not talking about Dallas or Atlanta, where you make a connection and every restaurant is full and you can't get a seat. 
We're talking about Kansas City, where the busiest time at the airport is 4 to 6 a.m. Did you know that? The busiest hours for KCI are 4 to 6 a.m., and hell, most of the restaurants aren't open because they don't serve breakfast. There's a couple little places where you can grab something there, like anywhere else, 4 to 6 a.m. Other airports are like that, too. I'm not bashing KCI, but I'm thinking of the two people that have the barbecue restaurants. I've never seen, I've been to KCI four times now. I've never seen anybody at a barbecue restaurant because it's not open when I'm there. And when I come home late at night, they're closed. I fly early and come home late. It's what I do. Most people apparently do the same thing. Flights are cheaper, saves you a night's hotel room, essentially takes cost off the trip no matter what, whether it's business or pleasure. We're all capable of doing that, and we do a lot of that. And I have said to Jessica as we walk through the airport, I don't know how these restaurants are going to stay in business here. I don't get it. It's a beautiful airport, but I don't know how the restaurants are going to stay in business. Well, here you go. They're going to let the public in. They want to let the public in to come dine and shop and do whatever it is that people do in a significant portion of the community. And I think a lot of us forget this. Those of us that fly, a lot of us forget that like the majority of people in Kansas City don't fly. They don't. They either don't have the means or they don't, or they're at a point in their life where they don't travel anymore. The majority of people don't, but they may want to go check out their airport. I can't even say this is a horrible idea, but I do think it's a reflection that the restaurants are hurting. I absolutely believe that. All right, sports today brought to you by Window World, simply the best for last. These are the official windows of the Kansas City Chiefs. Online at windowskansascity.com. The new year is a great time to consider upgrading your windows. It's going to get cold out there this winter, and that air is drafting in. If you see condensation around your windows, a little bit of wood rot, Window World is the first call you should make, 816 816- 799-0820. I say it over and over. Whether you need one window or a hundred, Window World can do the job for you. They win customer satisfaction awards every single year, and they're committed to our community. They have raised nearly $3 million for autism over the years. That's just our guys, John Gillette and his people in Kansas, Missouri, and Iowa. Remarkable company. They also have doors and siding. They all have lifetime warranties. Windows. KansasCity.com. Joslyn's Jewelry, 95th and Antioch. Valentine's Day is a month away. Joslyn's loves people in love. And if Valentine's is your thing, or if you're thinking about popping the question this Valentine's, visit Joslyn's Jewelry, a great selection of diamonds to pick from. They can build your ring for you at a cost that is a fraction of those big corporate jewelers. That's right, Joslyn's Jewelry, 95th and Antioch. Online at joslinsjewelry.com. Joslin's is the jeweler you'll recommend to your friends and family. And my friends Tim and Mike at Roberts Robinson Chevrolet GMC, home of the lifetime warranty. Why would you get your Chevy or GMC anywhere else? They will give you a lifetime warranty with your purchase absolutely free. They will never be undersold. They'll find you any GM product anywhere in America and have it shipped to you. Or they will build it special for you right from the factory. Call Tim Trader at 816-826-1563. Say, Tim, I'm thinking about a new truck this year or a new SUV, and Kevin says you're the best. Prove him right or prove me wrong. Take the challenge. RobertsRobinson.com. An online poll of a uh, newsletter that I subscribe to about the Chiefs. A couple dudes write a newsletter. An online poll of their readers, 78% of Chiefs fans agree with me that the Chiefs starters ought to play a couple of series on Sunday against the Chargers. I think that's what we're all thinking. I think we're all thinking the Chiefs could use a little practice here, that they shouldn't just get a week off and stand there. I think they're going to get their week off. I don't know. If I'm if I'm Kelsey, I want my 16 yards to get 1,000. I do. And I think if I'm Mahomes, I'd like to play a series. We don't have to play the whole game. I don't have to get knocked around. We don't have to risk much injury, but let's go out, see if we can score a touchdown. Give us the first quarter. Give us a drive or two, and then let the backups play. Almost 80% of Chiefs fans agree with that. I don't think that number would have been anywhere near that any of the last five years. I think the last five years, it would have been 80%. Do not think about putting Patrick Mahomes on the field. We've watched so much football of him not getting hurt, or at least not getting knocked out, and so much football of him better than what he has played this year that we kind of want to see him get better, don't we? 
I do. His brother, Jackson Mahomes, is out of a lot of trouble. Johnson County prosecutors have filed a motion to dismiss the three felony charges against Jackson Mahomes for the alleged assault inside the restaurant Aspen's, which is now closed in Overland Park. He will simply be, apparently, uh, convicted of a misdemeanor battery for what he did in that restaurant that night. So things looking up for Jackson Mahomes. The Los Angeles Chargers are making news everywhere. They're talking big in L.A. that they are not stopping short of hiring either Bill Belichick or Jim Harbaugh to coach coach Justin Herbert and be the coach of the Chargers going forward. Now, this needs to be said. Bill Belichick and Jim Harbaugh are both in places where living in Southern California in that weather would be considerably better than New England or Ann Arbor. I see the appeal. I see the money. The Chargers clearly are going to spend it, and Justin Herbert is a talented quarterback. The question I would have for Bill Belichick and Jim Harbaugh is, do you think Justin Herbert is good enough to go win this division and be the best team in this division? Because if you don't think that, if you think Mahomes is head and shoulders above him, it's the next coach for Justin Herbert, not this one. Because the next coach of the Chargers won't have to coach against Andy Reid very much. It'll be somebody else. There are literally people now thinking Steve Spagnolo should be the heir apparent in Kansas City. I can make an argument for that. He wasn't very good as a head coach before, but I understand it. The players like him. He communicates well. He's a solid football coach. He's done amazing things with the defense. He clearly knows what's up, and he's clearly the kind of guy that would have an offensive coordinator running the offense for him. So that could work too. But if you're Belichick or Harbaugh, do you want to coach against Andy and Patrick? I don't know that the Chargers have factored that in. I think they're just thinking, we'll throw money at one of these guys. We've got the quarterback, and here they come. That's how much money owners have. David Tepper is the owner of the Carolina Panthers. He's got $20.6 billion. And on Tuesday, he was fined $300,000 for throwing a drink on a fan. This happened on the road. Carolina was at Jacksonville. He threw a drink on a fan. The NFL fined him $300,000. That's low. It should have been a million. And he should do something for the fan. I don't even exactly know what that is. But it should be something worth at least $300,000. And if he does it privately, fine, whatever. But, I mean, this is a big-time apology owned by a billionaire. And we talk about the billionaire class in this country and what they think of the rest of us minions. And this drives me crazy, this guy's getting away with this, and it's no bigger news than it is. $300,000 to David Tepper is the equivalent of the average American. All right, this is the median household income. The average American being fined $1.77. So essentially going to QT and getting a large drink is your fine. That's a total joke. I'm embarrassed for the NFL. I'm embarrassed for David Tepper. Ohio State offensive lineman Carson Linsman made news couple of weeks ago that most people weren't paying much attention to, but now they are. He was on something called the B&B podcast. This is an Ohio State recruiting podcast. And he said before the Missouri game, we really haven't practiced. We've had a handful of practices, but mostly just little light workouts. But a lot of players transfer out. We did not do the regular 15 to 18 practices like we did last year in preparation for Missouri. He went on to say, A lot of this is because they're recruiting. We've lost these players. We don't really pay NIL like Miami does. We had a lineman coming in, and he chose Miami for a million dollars. And he said these things prior to the Missouri game. For anybody that wanted to hear him, we knew. We knew Ohio State was a mess. We knew players had left. We knew Ryan Day was under fire. What we did not know was he wasn't really practicing, that they were busy doing other stuff. They dedicated the staff apparently to recruiting, maybe restructuring NIL, rebuilding the team, and not spending as much time as they possibly could practicing for Missouri. Now, this isn't Carson Linsman saying this after the game. The important part to remember is this was before the game. This was a couple weeks ago. This podcast has been deleted. And again, this is a problem with media in this country. This is a podcast of Ohio State ass-kissing fans that do a podcast about recruiting that will work as a mouthpiece and a function of the university or the athletic department. This podcast should be up for everyone to hear. It has been deleted. It is gone. Ohio State saw to that. And I hate that about our business. I hate, and to me, when you do something like that, you shouldn't be part of the national registry. You should not be recognized as an official media outlet. 
if you have a paid relationship with a team or some sort of relationship with a team where you do what they ask you to do, you're not part of media. You're not part of journalism. You're just fanboys. Having a podcast doing whatever the Ohio State people want you to do, that needs to be a separate category, the fanboy category. Carson Linsman, the name of that lineman. Boy, it's gone from bad to worse for Kansas State basketball. They've been in turmoil this year. Not, not a lot of attention is going to get paid to K-State. They're not. I don't think they're going to make the tournament. I don't think they look very good. They struggled with Chicago State last night, but won. I don't, I don't have much hope for K-State this year. They don't seem to have any kind of an it factor or a player. I think they're going to be in real trouble in the Big 12 this year. They had a couple bad things happen. We know about Naquan Tomlin, who now is plays for Memphis in this scandal on campus or whatever they want to call it. They've been waiting on their point guard, Quez Glover, all year. This is an old guy. It's like a 24-year-old. This is an accomplished player. He was the point guard at Florida. This is a one-year transfer of a guy that can really run the offense. A little bit more like Marquise Noel. Drive the lane, dish, pass, do all the things that they don't have a player to do right now. They just don't have a guy like that. Quez Glover is the guy. He was recruited for one specific reason. Come run this offense like Marquise Noel did last year. You don't have to shoot the threes like he did, although Glover can score. This is an outstanding college player that found the perfect place to go play one year to be seen. Probably got paid some money. And just before the season started, he got hurt. And he's been out and he hasn't played. And Tuesday night, he was supposed to play against Chicago State. And they announce he's not playing. And then he shows up on the bench with crutches. And they say he re-injured himself on Monday. One day before re-entering, not re-entering, before entering the starting lineup for the first time for K-State for the conference run. Looks like he's out for the year. I, these things happen in sports, man. It was a, Everything went right for K-State last year and everything is going wrong this year. And that's kind of how it works. Our final final is brought to you by Advantage Termite and Pest Control. Online at AdvantageTPC.com. They're not just killing rodents and pests around your place. They'd love to do your lawn fertilization program. If you would like to sign up for lawn fertilization this year, Advantage does it all. It's a separate guy, separate team, but it's one payment once a month, once a quarter, however you want to set it up, and you can forget it. Your lawn is green. You got no weeds. You got no pests. You got no critters. By the way, their lawn people see something in your lawn like moles, voles, whatever. They'll see it right away. They'll notify their pest part and come take care of it for you. It's all part of the really premier service. At Advantage Termite and Pest Control, 913-768-8989. They're online at AdvantageTPC.com. MyPillow.com is having a massive after-holiday sale, up to half off of almost everything at MyPillow.com and MyStore.com. Please remember the promo code KKHI anytime you're at MyPillow.com and save big. That's the maximum promo code. It's MyPillow and MyStore.com, KKHI. And Cross Kitchens is Kansas City's remodeler. They'd love to work with you and your family or even your business. We've heard of people that have uh, sports bars or restaurants. They want to do new countertops, bring them in, redo the bar, hang some new TVs, do new AV. They can do all that for you with Cross Kitchens. Yeah, they can do cool things for your business. Maybe you want to remodel the kitchen in your corporate office. They're perfect for that. CrossKitchensKC.com, family-owned and operated, 816 898 7047. The consultation is absolutely free at crosskitchenskc.com. Our final final is probably the biggest name best golfer in the world right now when you combine talent and name recognition, and that is Rory McElroy. Rory has been very critical of the guys who went over to the Live Tour, and he has now come out as the season is getting ready to start with the Tournament of Champions and the new golf season is upon us. And he's given an interview where he says, I was way too critical and too judgmental of all those guys, and I apologize. Rory is now apologizing for being judgmental and critical in the things that he said. He's right. And I said it at the time. I'm a Rory McIlroy fan, and I didn't like it. If Pat Perez can go make millions of dollars by playing on Live Tour when he's not good enough to win on the PGA Tour, and they're going to pay him, he's doing the right thing for his family. He is a professional golfer. That means he plays for money. And Liv offered him a whole bunch of money to go over there and play. Remember all the scandal with Phil Mickelson, what an awful person Phil Mickelson is? He did the right thing at his age. Phil did the right thing. These guys are all doing the right thing. John Rahm just left and went to Liv. 
for reportedly $300 million, $400 million, crazy amount of money. Rory says, I'm looking around at what's going on in football, and he means soccer, and what's going around in Formula One, what the drivers are making there, and the best soccer players are making, because the Saudis are involved in those sports. He said, I'm looking around, and I'm going, you know, this is where we are. And I'm telling you, his comments made me think that he's thinking about joining them. The PGA Tour better get this merger done fast. They better figure something out to protect their top events and understand that the Saudis' money is going to be more important to these players than playing in the John Deere Classic. Figure out which tournaments are important. We've got the majors. There's four of them. There's what I call sub-majors. There's probably three of those, three or four sub-majors. And then there's about five tournaments that are really big and cool. So if you're running the math there, that's about 13, 14 weeks a year where there's a really kick-ass golf tournament on that people really like. Merge, make sure everybody's available for all of those and figure the rest out on your own. And let the players go back and forth. Like if you want to play, in, if you're from Iowa and you want to play in the John Deere, Illinois, wherever it is, if you're from there and you want to jump off a live and play there to help your local economy, go over on the PGA Tour and play there. Allow it. They don't have enough live tournaments. There's only 12 or 14 of them. Allow those players to play in any tournament they want on the PGA Tour. Why wouldn't you welcome them back? Let them come play. That's easy. That's the easiest part of the discussion. Anybody on live tour wants to play in a PGA Tour event, you're welcome here. Come on over. Come on over. We'd love to have you in our event. Why would you not want to have Phil Mickelson in your event? It's so stupid. And it sounds like Rory, who quit the board, by the way, on the PGA Tour, he quit the board and people were asking, is he going to live? Now he's saying, you know, I was too critical. I was wrong. I was judgmental. I see what the Formula One drivers are making and what the soccer players are making. And this is where this is headed. And sounds to me like Rory's thinking about taking 500 million bucks because that's probably what they'd pay him to come over to live. It's just not that much money for those people. It just isn't. Hey, don't forget to hit the like or follow button wherever you listen or tell somebody else about the podcast and have them hit the subscribe, like, or follow button. We greatly appreciate that. If you can give us a rating, we'd love that. Love you to hit four or five stars, depending on the rating service. That helps. It helps upgrade you, I guess, in Google search or whatever. I don't know. But we'll take a good rating if you like the podcast, if you know how to do that. I'm not a giantly proficient at it, but we'll take a great rating from you. We'd love that. Or if you'd like to sign up and be a patron, go to kksissues.com. Mostly, I just thank you every day for hitting play and listening to what I have to say at Kevin Keatsman Has Issues. Kevin Keatsman Has Issues has been presented by Roberts Robinson Chevrolet GMC and is produced by Crooked Tail Media. Please hit the like or follow button wherever you listen or give us a review. For premium content podcasts and weekly newsletter, join as a patron at kkhasissues.com for as little as $5 a month. Support all our sponsors and other conservative businesses at the kklist.com. This has been a production of Cricket Tail Media Incorporated.